DanielBritt.com. You are among the blessed to be sitting where you are right now, because for the next 60 minutes you're going to get to know a family that you probably know about, uh, at least on the musical side. We'll get to know the personal side of <laughs> the Pifers. <laughs> Guys, welcome. Thanks for coming along. Hi, Daniel. Pifers, that's that's a name. Uh, how many different ways have you heard that pronounced? <laughs> Pfeiffer, 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 Pfeiffer's. Uh, Piffer. Piffer. Mm-hmm. Pfizer. Yeah. Pfizer. Yeah. Piper. Pfeiffer, though, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> the F is silent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I know. I think probably the most common would probably be Pfeiffer, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the P would be silent, but right. it's not. Okay, right. great. Right. Tell me the history of the Pfeiffer name. Does it go back into the music industry at all, and in, in particular uh, gospel music? Well, not a long way back, but our grandfathers sang together. Grandpa Pfeiffer started in 1935, mm-hmm. and uh, they... Then later, he, he teamed up with Charlie Cartwright, who ended up that their children get married. So mm-hmm. both our grandfathers were a, uh, a couple that were a duet that sang together. Uh-huh. So that's as far back as it goes. And we, we don't know a whole lot about Pfeiffer name other than it came from Germany. And in the 1800s, they came over here and didn't have very good records. And oh. What, uh, what year was your grandfather singing? What, he, they started in 1935, I think, was 70. When did they, they quit singing? 72? Uh, I'm not sure, but they sang for 35 years. Mm-hmm. Sure but see, the, the Grandpa Piper started before with a quartet. Right. And then it was later years that he teamed up with the gentleman who later, their their kids got married. And so when when did this version of the Pipers hit the road? Well, Candy kind of uh, has that down because... She started a college age, age group, the Believers, in, in the late 70s. Right. We started in uh, May of 1979. I moved to Roanoke, Virginia, and a friend of mine, who, her name was Kathy Lawson at that time, we had uh, just loved gospel music all of our lives, and we'd go to camp meetings and see the Rambos and the Florida Boys and all these different gospel groups that would come in. That's what we wanted to do. So we started a little weekend group, and we were ages like, probably 16 to 20, mm-hmm. and it evolved into what it is today. And tell me the relationship between John and Candy. We're brother and sister. Brother and sister. Yeah. Brother and sister. So you've got the family harmony that just clicks, right? Oh, yes, it clicks. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all it, it clicks after, after 20-some years and producers that tell you how to open your mouth and make it click. You know, yeah, right? yeah. And then Mary Jane Carter. Right. Has been on the bus long enough that she can probably tell you anything you want to know. Yeah, and, and you probably have a, a duplicate birth certificate somewhere that has a Piper name on there somewhere. You've yes. been in the family long enough that yes. you are family, right? Twenty-four years I've been uh, with John and Candy. So I guess the obvious question is, how how did you get hooked up with these two? Well, I've known the family all my life. See, I you know my teenage years and. And even into my 20s, I would sing in, in revival meetings and stuff where their dad was preaching. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I knew Candy from the time she was a little girl, six years old. Mm-hmm. I'm ten years older than her and one and a half years older than John, so <clears throat> we won't really talk about that. But I've just known him all my life. I knew uh, Don and Thelma Piper and sang in camp meetings and revivals with him and him yeah. preaching. And, and I really felt like God called me to this ministry. What kind of success have you guys seen through the years that you have been singing together as a group, as a trio? Well, uh, spiritual success, yeah. an anointing. Yeah. Um, 
As, and, and, as, and that's how you define success, right? Yeah. As a, Anointing. It's not just a recording artist or not just as a traveling group. It's, it's very much ministry for you guys, right? Yeah. That, that'd be, uh, it, it's like if, if a preacher preaches a sermon and, and people receive help from it, the yeah. sermon was just a vehicle. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It, it's like the success is when the kingdom's built. And yeah. if you have an anointing when you sing, then people are blessed and, and yokes are broken and bondage is set and people are set free. And, right. and that's, that's what's happened. I mean, we, and it happens. I believe it's passed down uh, through your, your lineage. I think that, that, mm-hmm. you know, blessings and curses passed down many times. Uh, but it also, the, that anointing comes as you get closer and closer to the, to the Lord and, and his anointing flows through you. And that's what, that's what people, uh, respond to in mm-hmm. our concerts. It's an, it's an anointing. And music has a way of breaking down, uh, a lot of, a lot of barriers. And, and when you're going in with a message, even within the church, there's a lot of disunity. I mean, you've got theological debates. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know where you are theologically, but it, you know, as long as you get Jesus right, I guess it probably doesn't matter that much. You right. go in with the message. And you can sing to a wide variety of, uh, of religious backgrounds mm-hmm. or theological backgrounds. And uh, give me some examples of, uh, of going through different kinds of doors, maybe doors you individually aren't used to going through. Uh, one thing before you leave that subject, J- Jesus gave us real strict instruction what that's all about. When he told his disciples they were all upset because somebody that wasn't in their group was over there casting out demons and preaching. Yeah. Jesus said, leave them alone. They're yeah. not against us. You know, they're for us. Yeah. And so I think that th- that's Jesus answered all this thing. We, we're not supposed to get all tied up in these, these, uh, differences. It's, it's a trick of the devil to divide. But as far as doors walking through, that's the question you ask, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, walking, have you, have you walked through a church door that maybe you, if we get through this tonight, it's going to be the Holy Spirit because <laughs> I don't know how this is going to go over. Have you ever had nights like that? Can you think of any? Well, I'll tell you. We've been at this so long that even in places where you would feel that way, where you don't feel any reciprocation mm. or like they're just not getting it or whatever, I just, kind of draw my strength in those cases from John and Mary. And it's mm-hmm. like we can just kind of have our own little worship service on stage. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I say that, obviously my strength is from above, you know, from the Holy Spirit. But then if, if I need some reciprocation, mm-hmm. then I can just draw from those two. And sure. we've, we've done that before. Oh, I've got one that's a, that's a, was, was a little concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were at a Catholic church. Yeah. And it was up in the hills of Pennsylvania. And we've not sung too many Catholic churches, but a right. time or two. Right. And and they were wonderful people. And we were setting up, and it was during the summer, and it was hot. And we had a piano player that he he's kind of he was kind of uh, energetic yes. kind of guy, <laughs> and he's flighty, and he yeah. he'd run around, and he got real hot. And uh, I got a little concerned when he went over to the holy water and started washing his face in it. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I wasn't sure how that was going to turn out. <laughs> and you could only get these stories when you've traveled as many dates as you guys travel and been here for so long. Uh, how many dates do you, do you try to keep uh, on the books? I think probably this this year we'll be somewhere in the 150 neighborhood, I, I would think, maybe. I'm not sure. And how would you describe your sound? You're not a quartet. you get. Two lady singers and a guy singer, and you play the trumpet as well, and we'll talk about that, John. 
how would you describe your sound in, uh, for one who's thinking about a traditional quartet sound or like a Happy Goodman family sound? Mm-hmm. Where do the pipers fall into the mix? Or do you put yourself in that? Well, that I don't box? know what the ladies feel, but we never have ever set out to get a sound. No. We do what we do. Mm-hmm. We sing the best we can and try to, you know, have as much excellence in what we're doing as, as possible. It's just what we are. Don't, don't you think? I mean, I don't know. Uh, and most people in our industry just feel that we're just who we are. The Pifers are just the Pifers. They don't mm-hmm. really have a, a tag on our, our style. Sure, it's, sure. it's, and, and maybe that's vague, but I don't know how I'll say it because we, we have never tried to, well, I mean, our sound would come largely too from our producers, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the way they things are arranged and the tracks that are made. And when we pick out songs too, it's like, well, you know, Candy, would would you want to sing this song, or do you have a strong feeling about doing this song, or John, do you have a strong feeling about this song, or Mary, do you want to sing this song? So, mm-hmm. you know, we really kind of pick and choose. You know, if you really have a heart for a song or that song ministers to you, then you say, you know, Candy, I'd really like to sing this song. Mm-hmm. And uh, Or Candy might say, uh, Mary, I think this song would be good for you to lead, you know. And then we build the harmonies around that lead, whoever chooses to do that song. Do all of you play instruments? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yes. <clears throat> John, I know you play trumpet. Yes. Has, do you play anything else? Uh, no, not really. I, I, one time I did a little <laughs> bass guitar playing, and it, it was... Uh, <laughs> It's rather loud and obnoxious, and I think we've all tried something like that before. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I never, as a kid growing up, took piano lessons or anything. I just loved the trumpet so much. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think of playing anything else, and I just—that's all I've ever done. Mary Jane, you play the tenor sax. The tenor sax, mm-hmm. that's right. And uh, how long have you played? I've started playing in fifth grade of school. You know, and I've been out of school since 1968, so you can do the math on that. Uh, I'll be 57 this month, so it's been a long time ago. And then I quit when I graduated from high school, quit. And then in 1985, John came around. He said, we need to get those horns out, and you need to play, you know, sax and stuff. So I went and bought a new horn and started playing again. And, uh, and Candy, what, what do you play? I play alto sax and yeah. uh, guitar. She's a bass guitar player, too, but she never plays that with us anymore. Yeah, we used to, our group used to have a full band, and a bass player is really what I am. Mm-hmm. And uh, like Mary said, John wanted us to get our horns out, which I'm glad he did. Mm-hmm. And uh, at this point, I've tried to learn to play the guitar enough to help with uh, ministry. When, mm-hmm. we're, when we have a whole service or concert, we need, you know, if we need some freedom for ministry, I'm trying to learn to play well enough to, to be able to do that. Well, Candy, you're probably about the most normal one of the group, then I would imagine, because the, the guitar is about the close. You know, that's about the that's pretty that's pretty <laughs> yeah. standard yeah. instrument yeah. in gospel yeah. music. Yeah. The rest of them, uh, that, yeah. that's really what sets you apart, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. The saxophones and the uh, the trumpet. Um, how have you uh, have you found that the um, the audiences have have been very open to hearing that uh, in a genre that that's not normally heard, especially live? Well, the first time we came to convention in the middle 80s, it was in Nashville. And that the convention was, at that time, the big crowd was 2,000. Uh-huh. And that's been quite a while ago. Yeah. And it's grown tremendously since then. Our, our, my dad was there. 
And he said, when we started playing our horns, there were some ladies sitting behind him. And their comments were, what in the world is this kind of music doing at the quartet convention? (laughs) (laughs) But over the years, you know, uh, people have accepted it. And uh, we do it to glorify God. And it's just part of our ministry. And and it it works. You know, it it works. It's like people get very jaded in the type of music they want to hear. Yeah. And right now, you know, if you talk Southern gospel, it, it's all over the place. It's yeah, it like really from is. one extreme to the other. And so uh that's just where we've always been. And maybe we didn't fit just right, but that's just what we do. <laughs> that's what people request most of about the group anymore. I want to hear that trumpet. You know, yeah, yeah. they love to hear John play. And you incorporate multimedia in with that now, too, don't you? Yes, uh, we we have. uh uh, system called the Edderall system that's a uh, computer based streaming video and, and we started using that what was it three year, three or four years ago yeah, I think. and uh, took that on the road and we had 12 foot screens we were setting up and lights to keep you know so we didn't have house lights on the screens and mm-hmm. and we went along about a year setting that up almost every night and then within a two or three year period it just seemed like the churches now I, I don't know if we were it, the churches were just upgrading their mm-hmm. their multimedia in the churches until we got to the place where we were hooking our equipment into their video yeah. projectors and screens, and now that's all we do. Sure. I mean, it, it 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 was a real quick thing. It was just in a two year period or wow. so. Mm-hmm. All at once, the churches. And I think it had to do a lot with the the projectors, the prices of the projectors getting in right. line, right. and and all at once, the churches were in. They had better equipment than we did. Yeah. So then you didn't have to do all the lights and you know and all that and it so it saves on travel too. Yeah, it's, it made it it made it a lot lot better. Do we still do it? And, but we just feed into uh, what the church has usually. You mentioned your uh, your first quartet convention in the eighties, mm-hmm. and uh, of course the convention's been going on since what the fifties. Mm-hmm. Yes, late fifties, I think. Mm-hmm. So now that you've been with the quartet convention at the quartet convention uh, for so long, I've noticed there's been a pretty strong affiliation between the Pipers and the National Quartet Convention. Tell me how that that came about. Brock Spear, he liked us mm-hmm. when we first started, and Brock uh, and was and JD Sumner and JD he liked us. and JD owned the convention before uh, Brock and Claude and all of them mm-hmm. stepped in about it, and uh, but when we got involved, it. I think Brock was yeah. the biggest thing. Right. I remember going to a some kind of a, a, a ceremony in Nashville, and we had just recorded just for the record. I think that was the one. And uh, I handed a copy of that long play album to all the mm-hmm. quartet convention board members. Mm-hmm. Knew Brock Spear, but really didn't know the rest of them, mm-hmm. Charlie Burke and, and all the guys. And uh they listened to it and had us on that year and have had us ever since. There was one, there was one, uh, year that we didn't come. Yeah. One year. Was, we, yeah. we came for a year or two and then one year we didn't come and then we came. But, mm-hmm. but it, since, uh, since that time we've been every year except one. I asked that question to get to this point. There's been something new this year at, at the 2006 convention and the talk and the buzz has been I guess it's a new organization, the Christian Music Presenters, and then a term, American uh, American Gospel Music. Mm-hmm. And I hear you guys are up there at the top. You and the Hoppers, are you the first two groups to, uh, yes. 
to carry this label and to go forward with this new this new branding or marketing uh, technique that's being developed. Tell me, from what you know and from your side of things, all about it. Well, it's it's brand new. Yeah. This at Gospel Music Week in uh, this past year, there was a summit called. Is uh, it the Gospel Music Association? At the Gospel Music Association, the, where the Dove Awards are given, like Gospel Music Week. And there was a summit called, and certain uh, people were invited to a summit to discuss the future of Southern Gospel music. Record label heads were invited, uh, Jim Cumbie, Salem, uh, and all, all uh, the, uh, and different people. Um, I was invited, but just because I've been involved in the industry for so long. And, they, they had a desire, the, the, the leaders of the industry had a desire to, for lack of a better word, give credentials to the top achieving groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, cred, uh, credentials that would maybe separate the top groups in, in the more elite category and give everybody something to work toward. Yeah. It was a difficult thing because who's going to do that and who's going to say, well, you can, you can be or you can't be. The Christian Music Presenters is an organization of guys that in, endorse artists, uh, mostly for the, the, the general market mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, there are a lot of, uh, music groups and societies in, in communities that have music in. They may have a classical guitarist. They may have whatever. So, in, in they they had an effort. They they had a vision of getting gospel music into uh, th- that arena where there was more of that would be used in the community uh, music series, the community mm-hmm. concert series type sure. thing. Which because that's pretty endless. I mean, it's yeah. all over, yeah. and the the average fee paid for that is like would be. Uh, very generous in what the Southern Gospel artists of our day uh, mm-hmm. do. So they were, they have been working toward that. And there was a, a, a CMP endorsement of the artists that, that wasn't nearly as rigid as what the American, uh, gospel music is. And mm-hmm. then, so there's a set of pretty rigid strategic or I don't know if they're strategic, but they're just things that you've had to do. You've had to, uh, you've had to sell 15,000 pieces of product in a year and you've had to be at 100, 100 paid concerts. You've had to be hired for 100 paid concerts in a year and you've had, had to travel in so many states. Mm-hmm. There's all this. And then it, it, it's, it's, it's an endorsement like you would get a degree. You know, there, there are bestowed degrees that come through colleges after you accomplish so much. Then the, so it's an endorsement. It's really not anything that takes the place of Southern Gospel. Mm-hmm. It's just an endorsement that's available to top artists. Gotcha. It, so, and we were very honored when we met the criteria. Uh, the Hoppers were the first and then the very, that, which was just two weeks ago, as a matter mm-hmm. of fact, and then, then, then us last week. And then uh, by the time this convention's over, there's going to be a few others that are, uh, are going to be invited in or whatever. So Christian music presenters, are they the ones doing the legwork, getting people certified? They Yes, they're the ones doing the legwork, but the, the American gospel music uh, tag, so to speak, or the endorsement, mm-hmm. that is actually owned by the National Quartet Convention. Okay. 
it's so, it, but the National Quartet Convention Board determined one thing for sure. They did not want to be the ones that had the, mm-hmm. you know, had the burden of trying to say who's who. Right. right. Because there's not that anybody's feelings needs to be hurt. It's not about that. It's something to, to strive for. And it's a, it's a reward of excellence. And so it's a, kind of like a third party in the yes, CMP. Yes, okay. yes. Well, how to the fan, to the audience, what is that going to mean for the casual listener of, uh, of, of Piper's music, of Hopper's music, of Southern gospel in general? Well, the, the first thing is there's going to be a big convention in Dallas that is going to team up with Lifeway mm-hmm. and the Southern Baptist Convention music ministers. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be uh, really church-driven. Mm-hmm. Carnegie Hall has opened up to, to, to the artists that are endorsed. They're going to have a concert series mm-hmm. in Carnegie Hall. Following that, they, they feel that now the endowments of the arts is looking at that. That's, it just starts opening yeah, up sure. a whole new world that, that it would be real good to be in. You know, and so there's been nothing like this. It's always yeah. been just who whoever comes along and and whatever. Right, so right. there's been some some there's been some bad representation of our music form, and there's been some very excellent. But it's just from one end to the other. Now, John, are you you pretty much handle this side of of the group, the business side, or the pretty much, um, pretty much. I <laughs> we talk about things though. Yeah, I mean, we do. We we discuss things and know where we're going. We're a ministry. We're five hundred one c three. That we're set up to be a ministry, mm-hmm. and it's not uh, anything that you know anybody actually has a ownership in. Sure, it? sure. All of you all excited about this new venture, this new branding that you guys have received certification? If John is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact. I really didn't know what it was until we were just sitting right there. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. you asked the questions yeah. and yeah. he answered them. Because yeah. I knew that uh, last week John was really hustling to get some things done. Sure. And I'd hear bits and pieces, but until right now I wasn't exactly sure what it was all about. So. Well, congratulations, you guys. That's, that, that's a big achievement. Thanks, Daniel. How can we keep up with all of the big happenings with Pfeiffer, uh, in the Pfeiffer's world? Is there a website we can go to? Oh, you Absolutely. can't keep up with all <laughs> Yes. Pfeiffer's is hard to spell. It's hard to say, too, yeah. if we establish that. Yes. And so our website, of course, has that word in it, which makes it difficult. Yeah. But it's Pfeiffer's with an S dot com. P-F-E-I-F-E-R-S dot com. We need to make a jingle there you so go. we could sing. You know, because if you go. can put that to a tune, yeah. you could remember it. J-E-L-L-O. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, we can find out about your new project there right. and keep up with the tour schedule as well. Yes. Sure Everything. And if they want to give us, if they want to sign up for our email newsletter, we have a lady from down in Louisiana that takes care of that. She's got pictures up almost immediately after every concert and uh, just some very interesting things going on. So pictures from this interview? And yes. Court yep. Yes. yes. Right. Good. Great. Thanks for stopping by. Let's do it Thank again. You, Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. Right. Take care. Bye. Bye.